0: good morning it's another beautiful morning and it's i'm excited about this chapter nehemiah 8 i am so excited about this chapter there's just little nuggets throughout the scriptures that i've always enjoyed and this happens to be a little nugget that we're coming up on here and i hope you're doing well i've got my bible in front of me i hope you got your bible in front of you and um As always, you're welcome to throw in some little comments along the side if you want and uh, chat about that and certainly meditate upon these things as well as we go along. So, um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful portion before us. And I think what we'll do is, is take this chapter up in maybe two sections here because of the fact that it is so rich, so nuggets. You know, I've always thought about these truths to be something like something along the lines of a fine steak that you're sitting there and it's so nice to be able to just evenly just slice the steak into thin strips and then just enjoy the morsels together. And so that's what I look forward to doing today, hopefully with the Lord's help and together and always enjoy hearing from those as well that are uh, watching. If you're watching on the on the live, thank you and I appreciate it being on the live. If you want to watch on the rewind, then that's great too. Um, it's certainly look forward to getting through this together. So Nehemiah 8, it says, now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood, which they had made for the purpose, and beside him at his right hand stood Methathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Urijah, Hilkiah, and Messiaiah. And at his left hand, Padiah, Mishael, Malkaijah, Hishom, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, up, it opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua, Beni, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akbub, Shebathiah, Hadijah, Messiah, Kelita, Azariah, Jozebed, Hanan, Peliah, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. So they read distinctly, from the book and the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. Well, there's a little bit of word, a little bit of names sitting there, but let's just go through this starting back up at the first verse here. And I think it's very interesting to see when you see a a phrase like this talking about the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of You know, that's that's interesting. One man, they, they gathered as one man. There was one purpose, one purpose that they wanted to have, and that was to gather together to hear the Word of God. Now, interesting enough, this is a progression. Chapter 8 is a progression of things here, where in, you know, just again, I hate to always breathe and recap here, but we have, back in back in chapter 6, we had the work of the of 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 the generation of the wall coming together. The wall was coming together in chapter 6, and then in chapter 7 we looked at the order of the people and and everybody was put in order and now there is now the word of God is being brought forth to to be established. Beautiful thing to see the order in which we're progressing now through Nehemiah. But they came together here in in verse 1 as one man gathered together in, by the water gate and that is a beautiful thing to have one central purpose to hear the word of god but let's look a little bit about what what they said there and what how they came they told Ezra to bring the to Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which is beautiful and so he brings it before them so they could all hear and i just wanted to to highlight this right here it says the assembly of the men and women who could all could hear with understanding on the first day of the 7th month And I thought this was interesting here where we have the ability to have both men and women and children. This is a beautiful thing. This is where there is a premise in the word of God to say that there is definitely times when men and women and children hear the word of God together. This is one of those times that you would see that. And there is going to be something there you see here and it says, before the men and women of those who can understand and the ears of the people were attentive to the book of the law. You know, that is an interesting thing about having our ears attentive. What's the psalmist say? The psalmist says something about, let my ears be opened. You know, sometimes we can hear, we can listen, but we can't hear, right? Sometimes our ears are not hearing. They're listening, but not hearing. And sometimes our hearts are in a situation where we have so much going before us. And let me give you, as they came together as one man, consider the fact this we have so much distractions today, right? We have so much distractions. We've got cell phones that are on are just are now at us. By the way, this cell phone is put on silent. So nice to have that feature to put things on silent. I do not want to be distracted when I'm listening to the Word of God. And so I put that. this particular phone, the, the Apple phone has a little click button there to just shut everything down. It's a beautiful thing to have it, to have to be when we're gathered together, either, and, and I'm speaking for myself to on a personal level as well, is that we Can we oftentimes have the problem of being distracted, distracted. Distracted can come from these cell phones. I see it in a collective assembly as well, myself included. I'm not pointing the fingers because I fight it as well. How do I fight the distractions so that basically when we come together to understand, I can be attentive, attentive to what's being said. Now, I can also be distracted too. With, with 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 regards to those that are things and thoughts and solutions and problems I've been thinking about, and I'm bringing that into the the situation of hearing the Word of God too. And that is a challenge as well, is sometimes I can't wipe my slate clean as I come in to hear the Word of God. You know, I'll tell you something interesting, and I'm going to speak specifically for those of us in North America. We just had the New Year's uh, a couple days ago or whatever. And I don't know what you did for New Year's. Uh, we had a lovely time at, a, at some folks' house and such. But I was asking this young brother who happens to be over in India, I was asking him, I said, what did you do for New Year's? He says, well, I went to my gathering assembly church, and we prayed from 9 p.m. to 1, 1 a.m. I thought, how solemn. There are those believers that are sitting there praying for three or four hours about the new year. And yet those of us in affluent societies do not do so as much. I thought that was pretty solemn. And they're gathered together for the purpose of prayer. That's a different topic. But here we have before us the the, the purpose of gathering together to hear the word of God. Now, I have I'm going to share with you my one of my favorite verses here. And this verse was written in my one of my first, second uh, Bible from my dad. And this comes out of Hebrews 4.12 up there. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And I just want to dwell on this for just a second here. The word of God is living and powerful. Obviously the King James says quick and powerful. Living and powerful, quick and powerful. It's living. That's the beautiful thing about it. It's living. And we're seeing these folks here with Ezra preaching out of the, out of the on the pulpit there with all the brothers around him and the people. We're going to read about the impact upon the people. The word of God is living and here it's a sharp and two-edged sword piercing in the division of soul and spirit. And you know what? We have a soul and we have a spirit and we have a body, but the soul and the spirit are ones, the soul is the, is the aspect of what I like and don't like. And the spirit is my God consciousness. Everybody has a spirit. And the problem is, is sometimes the sometimes the soul, the, the, the things that I get caught up with, my likes, my dislikes, et cetera, get caught up with my God consciousness if I'm in my spiritual state, and sometimes the Word of God needs to come in and splice those two apart. And, the, and so it says, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and as a discerner on the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's why the Word of God is not wanting to be heard, is because of that last sentence. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, okay? Hebrews 4.12, take it down. It's a beautiful verse. It's been a very much encouragement to me to understand that the Word of God is indeed Powerful and quick and living to to for that. so moving on here, so Ezra the scribe stood, stood on a platform of wood, which they made for the purpose, and so they made a purpose. Isn't that beautiful to have a purpose to come together? you know, listen, it's just a little work here. I'm just taking up Nehemiah. I'm purposing in my heart to be with everybody to share this out for like two weeks, maybe three weeks or something like that at a specific time during the day, early in the morning, if you will. That's my purpose, and I'm hoping it's your purpose as well to, to on your own, get up in the morning as well. Hopefully, it's the morning time to be able to meditate and consider the things of the Lord, but the purpose that we have, it's a beautiful thing to have, and here they had the purpose of, they made a platform. They made a platform for that purpose, and then there were those that stood with him, right? Right. There were stu- those that stood with him on his left hand and his right hand together, and we read about all those. And, and if you got a better way of saying those names, let me know. But it's a beautiful thing to see there was unity, unity. And then he opens the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. There's an interesting reverence, too, for the Word of God. They all it says all the people stood up. Isn't that beautiful? I just, I just, it's just amazing to see these things that that... That when they 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 are they they stood up, but if you look down here, the very next verse, very next verse, then all the people answered, "Amen!" Whoops, "Amen, Amen." Okay, so they said, "Amen, Amen." I'm getting back to my place here, while lifting up their hands, while lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So that's what the impact is: is the Word of God is is the Word of God, they stand for reverence, but then by the time they're thinking, they bow their heads and worship the Lord with their faces to the ground. When we come into God's presence, we want to be reverent, but the impact upon us is that we bow our heads. It's an amazing thing to see this. You know, I so enjoyed Solomon. If you look at the Solomon and the dedication of the temple, when he was dedicating the temple, why you see him standing as he's praying with his hands outstretched to God. And it's a long prayer, and you can pick it up there as he's dedicating the temple. But the very end of it, he's on his knees with his hands out. And that's the impact that makes when we're, we're in the presence of God in a collective manner too. And so the Solomon, that's the prayer. Here, we are talking about the situation as it relates to reading the Word of God, and they are in, they are actually throw their faces to the ground. That's the impact that the word of God has. Now I wanna I want to get down to verse seven here and it says and help the people to understand the law. So there's ones listed and the people stood in their place. And and it says in into verse seven help people understand the law. And then it also says in verse eight, So they read distinctly in the book of law and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. This is important. This is important. There, these folks have just come out, and they well, they came out 50, 60, 70 years before out of Babylon, and we're going to read later on here. They had lost, some of them lost the Hebrew tongue. They couldn't understand the Hebrew tongue, so there's that essence of being able to give them the uh, sense, if you will, in, a, in, in terms of a translation of side of things, but they gave the sense and helped them understand the reading, and today, this is a beautiful thing to do is what is going on today with this generation is there is becoming ignorance of the Word of God, ignorance at the highest level. And by having the ignorance, we are feeling like the fact of how these ones are, there's ones that are truly seeking God's face. These ones were seeking God's face, but they were ignorant of the Word of God. So they asked for the Word of God, but there are those that gave the sense of the Word of God and we need those today to be able to help give the sense of the word of god. What does that mean? Is to bring it into plain language, to give the context of where it is and also rightly dividing the word of truth. As Paul was telling Timothy, rightly dividing the word of truth. We have to understand how scripture fits together and it's very important to do that. If we understand how the puzzle all puts together, it, the puzzle comes together when you see it, how it all fits together. And so that's a beautiful thing to do as well, to have those to be able to give the sense of the learning in terms of how it all fits together. Scripture is explaining itself and how it all fits together. So that's how we do that with, with this. They get, they read distinctly from the book of the law, in the book of the law of God, they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading, okay? So, and, and so look at that verse nine there for a moment. This is beautiful. And it says, and Nehemiah, who was the governor and Ezra the priest and the scribe and the Levites who taught the people. There is unity between, between, the, between Nehemiah and the governor, right? I'm sorry, Nehemiah is the governor, but Ezra the priest. Isn't that beautiful to see? The fact is, is that we have the two together working together in different capacities, Two very different capacities. Ezra is the priest and the scribe. He was able to do what he was able to do. Read the book prior to Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was able to do what he's able to do. And he was the governor. And now they come together on this platform specifically built to give the word of God. They say to the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. Okay? Well, that is an interesting phrase as well. I picked this up here from Mr. Rossier. You want to take down a note, take down Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 18, because it applies to the section. Rossier says, We must remember our condition as sinners, but we are to enjoy our condition as saved. Interesting. We remember our condition as sinners. We were to enjoy our condition as saved. And so that's a, that's a notable thing is, is we must remember when we were lost in, in our sins, but know the fact we are seated in Christ. And that's what Ephesians and Colossians are going to bring up as well. I also wanted to bring forth, while I have the slides up here as well. And I thought this was very, very powerful for this chapter. This is Mr. Kelly saying, you will never find that men grow in knowledge in a false position. And this is what it was saying. Up until this point, now, Nehemiah chapter 8, they were were gathered there. They had the temple. They had the the altar there already established. But their position was still not fortified. And so once their position was put together, if you will, and and the wall was put up by Nehemiah, now they're going to grow in knowledge. And now we got chapter 8 before us because people are going to find out, these people right there, the men and the women and the children, are going to find out what impact the word of God is having upon their lives. Now they're going to grow in knowledge. And that is the beautiful thing about what is going on. So that is about it for right now. Nehemiah eight, we just covered the first nine verses or so. And I'm going to wrap up with this last little phrase here at the end of verse nine, it says for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. When was the last time we heard people weeping over the word of God? You know, if you look back into the historical accounts of, uh, uh, of early America in the um, early 1800s and such, middle 1800s, there were revivals where people were weeping when they heard the Word of God. Do you think the Word of God has that ability today? do you think the word of god in its true unadulterated form in other words it's pure the pure word of god giving giving is that is that the possibility to have the spirit of god use the word of god is that still available today yes it's available today but all the people wept when they heard the words of the, God, the words of the law. So anyway, those are some brief portions there. I know, as I said, on the top of the program to be able to just chunk this chapter eight up a little bit here, because it is such a beautiful, beautiful chapter that I, I wanted to take it up slowly methodically, and methodically. And I just so enjoy this particular piece of it here where Nehemiah is and Ezra now. Nehemiah and Ezra are jointly put together in working for the Lord. So, you know, you can always like and subscribe on the program here. I just let you know that in doing so, that kind of helps the, the YouTube and the Facebook channels grow when you like and subscribe. It's allowing, it's allowing the Word of God to go out. What happens is, for those that don't know, is By liking and subscribing, it gives the uh, algorithms to pick up stuff if people are watching along the way. And so with that, I want to say good day to you as we now start the rest of the day. And may we continue to enjoy the Word of God tomorrow, if the Lord will. We'll continue on in Chapter 8. And so I look forward to that time as well because there's some real choice nuggets that are going on here. And so with that, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, if the Lord will.